podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Sam Keir, host of Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. For the past 12 months, I've been talking to T20 star David Visa, getting his take from behind the scenes at the IPL, the 100 and the rest of the world's biggest leagues. That's the Donnelly view system deal. There's no <laughs> ways in my mind that was up. These guys don't know how to win at this stage. He had his driver pick him up in his Bentley. People start chanting your name. You kind of have to pinch yourself. Hitman for Hire, a year in the life of a franchise cricketer. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Sport Social. It is the Anfield Wrap on City Talk. Neil Atkinson, Joel Richards, Gareth Roberts and Andy Heaton brought the big guns out, got Joel out for this one. Feels as though we all need che- cheering up in some way, Joel, so the pressure's on you. Oh, well, I can't promise anything, but I'll try my best to lighten the mood somehow. Lighten the mood somehow. I mean, it's it's become that sort of become that sort of run. Gareth, there's blips and then there's lulls and then there's deep, deep depressions. Uh, I'd say we're, we're, we, we've shifted from a blip to a lull. Uh, the lull could be shifting towards a deep, deep depression. Definitely. Um, I mean, you're going back to what now for a really convincing performance, November-ish, really. Uh, we, we, I know we had the bit, the half at Middlesbrough, but yeah, it's it it feels like sort of a a really bad version of Groundhog Day at the moment. Like you're seeing the same pattern of match unfolding, regardless of personnel, regardless of opposition, and. I, <laughs> Unfortunately, I think we're going to see very much the same again um, tomorrow at Anfield because I don't expect Wolves to do a lot different. So it would be a bit mad if they came out, they came out and, and were all open. I imagine they're going to look, take half from what they've seen from Southampton and Swansea and set up in a similar way. And Plymouth, and Plymouth as well, mate. Yeah. Um, any positives from the Southampton game for you, Andy Heaton? Uh, I don't think they were as bad as they were against Swansea. If that can be taken as a positive, they uh, can. Yeah. 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 Um, no, I don't think they were anywhere near as bad. Had they won the game, I'm not. This I'm not trying to dress it up. They weren't good enough. But had Liverpool come through that game two 0 you know, there's no really great argument there. Um, but no, they are in this malaise, and the longer it, it tends to go on, the the, the longer you feel it, and the harder it'll be to shake it off. And it's that all too familiar feeling where, and it's happened maybe four or five times. It, it's worse when you start well and we're playing well, and then you go into this period because you know the capable are better. Yep. Um, and you don't, and it's easy to just pin it on Mane not being there. I mean, that that is a contributory factor, but then you can't really feel sorry for yourself when they're playing like they're feeling sorry for, sorry for themselves well, at the minute a little bit. Um, Joel Richards, Liverpool are out of the League Cup, so are Spurs. The one point behind Spurs, and they've both got easy home ties in the FA Cup. Spurs go into theirs absolutely bouncing. The actual reality of the situation is that the only thing that separates these two sides at the moment is one point. Spurs have even had the ignominy of going down to the Europa League uh, from a Champions League position, though they have still got the Europa League that they can therefore conceivably win. And yet, as I say, Spurs absolutely bouncing. Liverpool going, oh, wow, is us. Exactly, and it just goes to show how much a month can change a football season, especially if your side has only won one game in the whole month, which unfortunately has happened to us, whereas Tottenham, they go into tomorrow's FA Cup tie off the back of a decent draw at Man City. Arguably, they could have perhaps maybe gone on and won that later on in the game, you don't know, but they are in really good form at the minute, whereas with us, we're struggling to get any momentum together, we're struggling to get any luck maybe perhaps, or just any rhythm to our game, there's... And a lot of players at the moment are playing out of form, unfortunately, so it's just all fell at the worst possible time for us. Do you change it, Joe? I don't know what how much, what more we could do to change, to be honest, because I think with the players that we've got, now I know we're probably going to go on to it, like Klopp saying that, it's unlikely that we're going to sign anyone, and to be honest, I sort of agree with him. I was, I was banging it before Christmas, saying, you know, 
I don't I don't think there's anyone that realistically could improve this squad in the short term. So in terms of that, the formation and whatever, I don't really know how far how much we can change. Would you put Sturridge in the region <coughs> as a diamond and go diamond formation tomorrow? Maybe perhaps because it's Wolves, but at, at the moment I think whatever we change, it's not really gonna matter really. It's hard, isn't it? I mean it's I I think that you know I'm, even watching it the other night, Gareth, Liverpool weren't great, but I, I felt second half, it felt as though until about 75, I was thinking it's coming here. It's, it's coming to 1-1. We don't deserve 1-1 uh, on, across the two legs at that point. There was a couple of chances that Southampton missed first half, plus the whole of the first leg. But I was thinking it's coming. And then, and you can clearly see, you know, he, he then changes it. Uh, he takes Chan off and he brings uh, he, he, he brings Origi on and, and suddenly we, we, we lose the sort of, the, the fact that we're on top, the control that we've got. And that's the gamble that you take. And this is the, the mm-hmm. fact of being a fussy manager and all that sort of stuff. But this is sort of what I'm driving at really, which is that the, the sentence around, do you change it? You know, do you change it before a game? Do you change it during a game? Do you change it or do you say, lads, this is the way we play. This is who we are. This is what we're about. And we just keep committing to this. Because I think that one of the problems has been that commitment to that. It begins to wane during games a little bit because it's not working, because maybe they aren't quite getting a bit of luck, because Sturridge doesn't score from six yards. Yeah. I think that's that's a hard thing to get back in a football team when you've seen them have that commitment. You know, think about going, think about Arsenal first game of the season, the commitment they had yeah. for, for what they are about. Yeah, exactly. I think it's only it's only human, isn't it? I mean, you know, Klopp can do whatever he say, whatever, do whatever, choose whoever. But ultimately, it's the lads who go out on the pitch and what their mindset is. And I think you're right. There was a phase in that second half against Southampton where it did feel like it was coming, and and it was good as well. It was you know, there's a little there was little signs there of the, of the football that you know they're capable of. They were patient. They were moving it side to side. They were creating opportunities. Whereas too often before that, it, you know, it felt like they're just slinging in across for the sake of it, almost through frustration. And it did feel like it was coming. And I think I think those. <laughs> Those missed chances, you know, particularly the storage one. To be honest, uh, you know, knocked the, the stuff and a little bit out of us. It was kind of well, we stayed in, we stayed in. We've done the patient thing. We've created a great chance, and we still haven't put it away. And you know, and the keeper, um, very fortunate to keep the one out from Emery Chan after in, initially being a mistake, and then he scrambles it off the line. I think all of that. You know, it's it, it, it's such a knife edge football, isn't it? I mean, it, it you know we quite easily could have gone through, and and we'd be having a, a much more positive conversation now. We'd be talking about playing Manchester United in the final of the League Cup and blah blah blah. blah. But as it is, it's what happened on in midweek is bolted bolted onto what happened with Swansea, and then even that, you know, like. If you take, if you just sort of take a huge step back and say, actually, Liverpool have done all right over the course of the season. The points total is decent for the for That's the point. Fantastic for the points yeah, of the season. For the point where it, but but everything's in the context of what Chelsea are doing, and that's the depressing thing. You look at how far they are ahead, and you think we've had a pretty good season here, and yet they're up there, and it does sort of kind of feel like. How do we ever get there? Do you know what I mean? Well, what you know, it does feel. You said before, what was us? It does feel like that. And hopefully, the players don't feel too like that. But as I said, the human, it must be hard to continually lift yourself and, and go again. But that's what they've got to do. And you know, wolves, wolves will fancy it. Wolves will, will have a full end again. They'll be backed by you know a, a load of their fans. Um, they did well at Stoke. I just watched the highlights of that before walking down and. You know, they did well. Um, they're not doing great in the league. I think they're 18th in the championship. But they'll fancy this. They'll want to scalp a Liverpool. They wanna, they'll want to say they'd be Jürgen Klopp. And it won't be easy. Yeah. Um, it, I, I keep repeating myself here, but I, I think it, it, it's on how Liverpool start. Again, I just get the feeling that the last couple of games, Swansea and against Southampton, if they get if they bag in the first 20 half an hour, 
Um, but they've not all season, Andy. Look like they're going to start fast. No, they don't. No, they haven't. No, they haven't. But the, you, you get a bit of swagger off that. Goals, goals in, and they don't even have to be big games. Certain times, certain instances in some games, yeah, can then impact three or four or five weeks. And we've not, we, we haven't looked comfortable, Gareth. We haven't looked comfortable really since late November. I mean, United at Old Trafford. I think we were unlucky not to, not to get the victory there. But that aside, we've not really looked assured. Um, and that's just, and again, and I know it's a gamble, and ninety nine percent of it's done on the training pitch. But it's all about the substitutes. That's two games in a row there where he's made the sub late on, and it's and it's not paid off. What's actually negatively impacted how Liverpool are doing. But saying that, you know, as you said, in the in the in the, in the grand context of everything, we're not doing too bad. And I actually think we'll be all right tomorrow. I, I'm, I'm, I'm up until I walked in five minutes ago. I had a bit of a misery on, but you know what? Nah, we'll be alright. I think what's, right what's depressing a little bit, I think, um, from from certainly from a fan's perspective, is it, it feels like he's tried quite a few things. Feels like he's used quite a few players in different ways. You know what I mean? So you're almost mm. looking at it and think, well, I don't know what the big change he makes tomorrow that suddenly sparks a difference. Do you know what I mean? Certainly, when he's going to make a fair few changes anyway, Joel. I mean, we'll come on to talk about Wolves in a second, but before then, this idea of when Gareth there mentioned that he's given a few lads a chance. I mentioned before Sturridge is missing. How things look a little different, and you know Sturridge when we talk about lads finding it hard well was us it being it affecting players you know at the minute storage it looks not least because he doesn't look as quick as you know you, you could see the other night that the, where he couldn't cut loose on that sprint or didn't want to or whatever the situation was but he worked very very hard the other night he was constantly willing constantly available constantly trying to get on the ball but nothing came off for him nothing worked for him and it was you know it was like a dark night of the soul for him really you got the impression when he was lying down in front of the cop after that miss it, you could see how much it meant to him on the one hand but you could see that it just isn't happening and and that and it's not happening for Origi either and, and and, and that, that's killing Liverpool at the minute it is and I actually feel sorry for Sturridge for, to a certain extent because he has like you said he has actually had a few chances over the past month he's played in a couple of FA Cup games in fact going on to Sturridge and Origi that Plymouth side was the perfect one for them to to get a couple of goals each or one one to get a couple of goals and the other to look threatening but unfortunately it hasn't paid off for them the first leg at Southampton Sturridge all night soiled Ali had any service and then he resorted to lock, popping long shots in the second half as we were chasing the game. Same happens the other night. He has a few chances and you do, and and I think personally he is desperate to try and bag a goal. He's desperate to try and run that extra inch to try and work hard. But unfortunately, it's not coming off for him. And, and it is getting to the point where a lot of fans are starting to slag him off now, and it's getting, and it could get quite poisonous. But, but one of the one of the next parts of that as well is is Joel, you know that that. If there's maybe something when we are talking about changing or something to revert to with an eye on Chelsea and you know Manny coming back and all that sort of stuff, it's the idea that you, he's in a duel with Firmino for his place. They, both, they can both be on the pitch at the same time, but you know it, it only it looks like Liverpool are going to pretty much stick with something that looks a bit like this four three three. Only one like can play through the middle. Daniel Sturridge is one to play through the middle, but I think at the moment if everyone was fit and we were talking about the Chelsea game, say not necessarily the FA Cup. We'd all be picking. We'd all be picking Firmino through the middle. We wouldn't be picking Sturridge. Yeah, of course. And like when we when we when we were at our best between October and November, that side pretty much picked itself every week. That front three of Mane, Coutinho, Firmino was a dream to watch. Like and 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 like I'm already counting down the days till that front three is back together again. Like the first game, they're all back together again, Leeds and Lallan. But and that's where unfortunately for Sturridge. He, he is fighting the losing battle when, when it comes to him and Firmino and the next one on that is Origi Andy you know I think that in many ways the fact that Sturridge's toiling has actually taken a bit of the spotlight away from Origi because 
Say what you want about Daniel Sturridge. He gets on the ball and he looks like an absolutely proper natural footballer, whereas there's bits and pieces with Origi at times at the minute where it just... To say that the game looks hard for him is an understatement. It's, I've, he's really, really finding it difficult just to have a decent 30 seconds, let alone anything else in the game. We don't notice him. You literally don't notice him. Stur- I mean, one thing you say about Sturridge is that he, he won't he won't hide. He doesn't hide. He wants the ball. Yeah, and he wants the ball, and he'll keep going and going. I mean, you hit the nail on the other minute ago when you, you could see, yeah, he, he looked like he had the world of the weight on his shoulders. And he knows. He's not one of these who just... Despite his demeanour, he'll know that he should have bagged two the other day. No, you don't even know. And you know what? I feel sorry for him because he's a young lad. And when he and you can see what gifts he's got. And it must be frustrating for him. But he hasn't got that experience now to handle it. And it's just an empty shirt at the minute. And I'm, I'm with Origi there, it's got, just going back onto that, Andy. Um, when he did have his run, he got five in a row. There was even a couple of ge- there was even a couple of games there at times when when he when he was scoring, he drifted in and out the game. He wasn't adding quite a lot. But the to excuse it. Although, was that he was bagging. Oh yeah, that's the excuse. And, and to be fair, as long as he scored, it's the best excuse. Yeah, as, as long as, <laughs> as long as he's scoring, you're not bothered. But but now when, when you put it into context with what's happened since he hasn't had a goal since Middlesbrough away. He hasn't looked sharp. He hasn't when he has been given the chance up front. You know the ball hasn't been sticking to him, especially at Man United. And again, the form with him at the minute—it's it, just—it just isn't helping. And, 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 and how he gets out of it, you know, you can get, you can maybe give his age a factor, and you can say, well, time's on the side. He'll go through it, and he'll come, he'll bounce back. Hopefully, he does. But it is a concern at the moment. There's, there's go right the way back, Gareth. To the, you go right the way back to the summer, and you look at the way in which Liverpool played in pre-season, what they worked on in pre-season, what the manager worked on. The approach and the speed with which he commits to the front three that he's committed to. He talks loads and loads about playing in rhythm. All of that sort of stuff is what he does. It's what he mm-hmm. believes in. And it's difficult, I think, you know, when Sturridge and Origi do come in. And I think I say that there's a Sturridge, there's a couple of extra issues around his, where his fitness is and how, how, how free he feels in his movement when he's got to stretch his legs. But putting that to one side, these lads, bar one performance against Spurs together, when they played together in the, in the 4-4-2 Diamonds in the League Cup earlier in the season... They haven't sort of had the opportunity to to display that sort of rhythm football. So you've got the manager works on, you know. So they haven't had that 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 intense preseason, that development of the understanding with one another and with their other teammates mm-hmm. when they come in through the early part of the season. Because Liverpool did stick with what was a winning formula at that time. Yeah, it's it's hard for st- for Sturridge to step in, and you know we did a we did a free podcast this week just on really what what has now become the Sturridge question, if you like, because it's you're paying them an awful lot of money to be a squad player. The money he's on is a first-team regular, a, a starter, and this season he hasn't been that for a variety of reasons. But when he's coming in, I mean, the other night, I just, he almost, you're, you're, back, you're back to the thing where you're wondering, is he, is he almost trying too hard now? I mean, yeah. when he's picking the ball up in his own ha- in his own half near the Liverpool box, what are you doing there? Like, I don't want to see you there, Daniel Sturridge. I want to see you in their box, putting it in the net, because that, that's what I know you're good at. And it's almost that I wonder whether, like, the thing between there's a thing between him and Klopp now where Klopp wants him to play a certain way. He's got that in his head and he's trying to please the manager, but it's not actually his game. And it's sort of, you know, they're stuck between two stools there almost, and it's it's not good for Liverpool. Uh, this is the Anfield Rap on Radio City Talk. After the break, we're talking to Melissa Reddy, who's been at the press conference. That was Genesis Lander Confusion. This is the Anfield Rap, Neil. Atkinson, Andy Heaton, Gareth Roberts and Joel Richards with you until half past seven. Uh, but we've got Melissa Reddy joining us now. He's been at Jurgen Klopp's press conference today and she's going to tell us both what the manager had to say and what sort of mood he was in. Should we do his mood first, Melissa? Um, he can't be the happiest manager that there's ever been in the world. He's, uh, he's he's only got one win in January and that was away at Plymouth. Yeah, interestingly, I think he's um, looked a lot more positive than uh, the fan base has felt 
over the last few weeks. And I think it is um, in keeping with Jurgen Klopp's character and personality that when everyone else is down, he sort of, you know, is perked up to, to hopefully spread that throughout. Um, and he was the same after the game as well uh, in midweek. So I think for him, it, it's just a sense of Liverpool are doing everything right except having that decisive 10% in the final third and he feels that that will eventually come. It's, it's only natural that, you know, with, with the chances they're creating, um, that they will eventually score. And I, I think that's the basis they're working on. Continue believing in what you're doing because you're doing the right things. You're just not getting the reward for it right now. But it will come, obviously, as well. He has referenced things he's not been happy with um he picked up on the defensive organization that wasn't a problem against southampton uh, per se there he he spoke about again clearing your mind and and looking finding the right spaces to operate and he, he spoke about daniel sturridge obviously the subject uh, of attention as as always seems to be the case of the england international but uh, he said that for him, he thought Sturridge had a good game on, on Wednesday, was involved from the first minute to the last. And apart from not finishing, he said he was quite pleased with Daniel. And he said, you know, he is human. He he did miss his chances, but in another game, that's Sturridge on the score sheet twice. Um, so it was quite interesting for him. He, he seemed upbeat on, on most of the elements and... Uh, I think one point he was keen to stress is when we look at the results in January in terms of from a, a media perspective and, and as a fan base, you look at everything as a whole. So you look at it and you think one win, three defeats, six scored, eight conceded. But you're not looking at the nuances in, in the games and the differing uh, approaches they faced, opposition challenges, all these kind of things. And and he said that's something he has to do and the signs are positive while the results haven't been. Melissa, um, I managed to catch the whole of the press conference myself before and, and to be honest, I was quite impressed with the fact that he did come into it defiant in a positive mood and it'd be quite easy for him to be facing the media and being rather negative and being short with them. And, but he, he took everything that came his way and... To be fair, to be fair to him, you know, we like you said, he's making the right noises. He's saying that we are doing everything we can. But um, one point that I note, well, I was, I was, um, I mentioned before, is the fact that he referenced the season as a whole to being like buying a new house and building it. Um, the fact that at times, you know, in the summer everything's going well. You know, the parts are coming, the team are playing well, but then in the winter. Bad weather comes in, you know, you have a few setbacks, it gets delayed and to be honest, he is at the moment dealing with, with that struggle. So in, in, in your opinion, do you feel that is the case? Yeah, I think that, that analogy, the house was quite an intelligent one from Jürgen saying, I think he feels that from the outside perspective, people want Liverpool to rip up what has gotten them the fantastic start of the season and then do everything in reverse or, or everything that's the antithesis of, of what got them that brilliant start in the first place, which is, you know, um, being clever in the transfer market, finding players that fitted the system, 
Um, and, and now people are like, go and buy in January, go and find a short-term solution. You need somebody in Sadio Mane's absence. And I think the analogy with the house was saying, you know, while you, you're midway through building, which obviously he is at the moment and, and Liverpool are midway through the season, uh, you don't just stop building that house and move on and start building something else. You continue, even with all the, the difficulties, you find a way to finish what you're doing because you started building the project the way you did because you believed in it. So you, you, you have to continue believing in it because that's how you have a steady foundation. You can't just keep hopping to the next best thing or, or, or the next um, short fix. And I think that's pretty much, you know, when you said he came in positive, he came in positive because for him, he inherently believes in what they're working towards. Uh, the players inherently believe it too. So if, if you get the feeling from him that he's starting to doubt, then I think that breeds throughout the club and, and you can't have that happening. No, of course not. I and mean, I can totally relate to the house point because... My mum's dad are going through similar at the moment, <laughs> but that's a different issue. I won't go into that too much. But I'm sure Gareth's got a point on. Um, yeah, I mean, I just thought, Mel, you know, he's he's got a dilemma on his hands for me now, Klopp, because Wolves are a, a, a tougher team, a tougher prospect, obviously, than Plymouth. Um, so that doesn't seem to allow you to make the wholesale changes that he has done in the past. We've got Chelsea next week. Um, and you would say that sort of any outside hopes of a, of a title challenge swing on what what happens in that game as well. So you know what what kind of vibes and what kind of insight did you get into what team he might put out tomorrow? Well, he has said that um, Liverpool picked up a few knocks on Wednesday. Lelana had a cut that needed stitches, um, and so based on how the players react in the next few training sessions, he'll he'll decide. But uh, a key point he made was that there won't be 10 changes. So he, he's not going to look to shuffle and, and just play the kids. Uh, he said it's all about time management and thinking which players, you know, can get 60 minutes here, 70, who can last a full 90 and then, and then play again next week without having any ill effects. So it's basically... A management in terms of uh, getting input from the medical team, obviously looking how the players are performing in training, seeing how they're feeling. Uh, but I suspect he'll he'll look to go strong, not as strong as it was on Wednesday, maybe. Uh, given that he said, you know, he has to keep an eye on next week, he has to give players a rest, not and not just go full throttle, but. Um, also, you know, we're speaking about what needs to happen on, on Tuesday and, and we've spoken about the, the, the situation Liverpool find themselves in. It's important that they win just to reverse the slide. The longer it, it carries on, yeah. he, he can't look at Wolves and discount it as a game because then it just increases the slide. It, it increases this build of negativity from outside. It's it, It'd also, be, it'd, also, it'd also be nice, Mel, for him not to have an FA Cup replay. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely, because exactly, every, yeah. every, every FA Cup game he's ever had has gone to a replay. And it's three. It's only three, but on the other hand, it means that the week before, I think we play Spurs, but the week between Hull and Spurs, we'd have to go, deal with going to Wolves. So that's, the, that's you know, absolutely. in a purely yeah. practical sense, it'd be nice to, to, for there to be a result in the football match because it means that we're not then talking about a midweek game before the run into Spurs and he can do full prep with the players. Anyway, we've got absolutely, to leave you to it. Can yeah. I have a very quick prediction for tomorrow? Gonna go 2 0 Liverpool. 
despite all the odds, Mel, I've just told you it's always been a draw. But anyway, um, if, you, if, you, if you want to go with the outside chance, which is a, a home win, uh, that's all the best to you. Uh, thank you very much to Mel. Uh, back in a second here on Radio City Talk, uh, this is the Anfield Wrap. Joined by Richard Hobbs from Wolves Fancast uh, to talk to me now about how Wolves are going to go and get themselves a draw at Anfield. Uh, but we'll come on to that in a minute. We'll talk first about the season so far. And it's uh, it's we always end up saying it's a strange league, the championship at the moment. Uh, Wolves find themselves only uh, 11 points behind Derby, who lie in seventh. Uh, and simultaneously, they're only five point, sorry, seven points off Burton, who lie in 22nd, Richard. So, I mean, it, do you feel as though you're in a league position that you deserve to be in this season? Or have you, have you lacked a little bit of luck since uh, Lambert's been in charge? Um, I think it's one of those where we had sort of such a big upheaval in the summer with um, new takeover. It, in hindsight, it was always going to be a difficult one for us to push up the league. And as you said, it's such a tight league. We're, what, 11 points off the edge of the playoffs and still teetering on the edge of the relegation zone. Um, over the course of the season, I think... This is where we probably are. Under Lambert, we have kicked on a bit and we seem to have a bit more structure. I don't see us hitting top six, but if we could get between eight, eight and 12, I think most fans would be fairly satisfied. Would that, would that feel like a jumping off point coming into the new season? Uh, you know, is, is, is that sort of, has this become one of those seasons that can be referred to as transitional? You've had the shift in management. You've gone through that process. Do you think that this is one of those where, you know, if, you, if, that's, if that's the way in which it ends up going, you shrug your shoulders and you say, right, we've got a good manager in Lambert. He's now had a lot of time to work with these players. He knows, who he knows what they're about. We move forward all together with him. Yeah, I think, I think we've got to. I mean, we got rid of uh, Kenny Jackett eight days before the season started. And then you got Zenga in, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, that that was never going to be a long-term manager. I don't think we expect him to go quite as soon. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think a lot of fans will sort of just be appreciative that even though we've got decent financial backing now, it's going to take a bit of time. And if we have to have a season in mid-table mediocrity, I think before, you know, we can make a decent promotion push... I don't think fans will be too displeased about that, in all fairness. So is, is, the, is the feeling towards the Fosun Group 1, broadly speaking, of warmth? Or, or of, is it a wait-and-see arrangement? What's, what's, the, what's the general feel? I think it's still got a bit of wait-and-see. They seem to be quietly quite driven. They're not, it's not like uh, with Aston Villa and Tony G, where he's sort of always on Twitter or anything like that. As a, as a sort of a set of owners, they seem to be quite quiet and letting... You know the club get along with things. We have now. We have seemed to have sort of struck up a link with, uh, you know, super agent Jorge Mendes, which I think a lot of fans are slightly unsure of. Yeah. Um, just because you know there's a track history of, uh, you know, players being moved on quickly, and we'll talk about some sort of key players for Wolves at the moment. So with Mendes having sort of his influence over such a wide number of players. And his ongoing relationship with the club. Yeah, we might get some pretty decent players in, but there's also feels like there is a sort of quite a strong conflict of interest because he won't have the club's Wolves' best interest at heart. It'll be what deal could he get for his players? So, yeah, it, it's a difficult one. But we've, we only seem to sort of be happy to back whoever's in charge, whether it was Zenga or Lambert. And yeah, so I think most fans are sort of fairly satisfied with the owners at the moment. Um. 
the results recently uh, have been again a little. It's 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 the inconsistencies. I mean, you weren't helped at the weekend. You had the the goalkeeper sent off against uh, against Norwich. Yeah. That means he's not going to be available to play against Liverpool. Um, who who deputises for uh, for a Kemi? Well, um, I mean that's sort of the biggest worry for us because I'm sure you saw the uh, highlights of the third round game we played against Stoke, and he was sort of unstoppable, which is fantastic. Um, our backup goalkeepers are going to be Andy Lonergan, who uh, is formerly of Fulham and Preston, who hasn't really set the world light when he's coming this season. Or it's going to be um, a youngster called um, Harry Bagone, who starred in our four-all draw with Fulham, um, who is very, very fresh. So, uh, yeah, the, the goalkeeping situation is not particularly great for us on Saturday. It's. I mean, it, in general, I mean, sometimes sides. I remember uh, Bogdan before Liverpool signed him, <laughs> put yeah. rotated in for Bolton and got and did well in a cup game. I mean, it can you know it can be the sort of occasion which can you know which 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 can help a player coming in because you're on a little bit of a hide into nothing. There is the idea. Well, you know, the expectation is we may well concede anyway at some point, and I think that can liberate a goalkeeper sometimes. So there's worse games, and I think he's just had his bank cut, hasn't he? Just to two matches, so he'll be back for your league campaign relatively soon. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, against a bigger and better side, he's good. You know, we're going to kind of be peppered by shots. Um, and as a goalkeeper, we've actually bread and butter. It, you know, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, we've got. To be fair to Bergoen, uh, we've got a very good track history at Wolves of producing decent goalkeepers and developing them um, sort of throughout the last sort of fifteen years or so. It's. It's just whether he's sort of at a point where he can make that step up, and uh, it, it'll be fantastic if he has sort of, you know, an FA Cup fairy tale on Saturday. Uh, and looking, you know, further ahead, looking right, right the way up and down the pitch, you've recently signed from Derby uh, a player a few Liverpool supporters will have seen in the flesh in the past. Vyman uh, got him on loan until the end of the season. It's an interesting move that one, really. Derby being a, ahead of you in the uh, in the league, and, and Vyman not really getting his playing time, but he's a he's a player with strong pedigree and serious pace. Yeah, you know he's um, yeah he's got that sort of Premier League experience with uh, Villa. He's not really been getting into the team at Derby. He's a player who can sort of play in. You know, he's one of those almost, I guess, almost like a bit like Lallana or Firmino at Liverpool, where you can play him in sort of any of those kind of front four positions mm. on the pitch, and he'll do your job. Um, where he'll kind of fit into Wolves, I don't think anyone's sort of too sure at the moment. Um, with his pace, you sort of hope he's going to almost play as a number nine on the uh, last man of the attack. It's just, it's whether we go for sort of pace or a bit more strength up front. Uh, well, I mean that, that, that's what's intriguing me. I mean, I'll be really honest and say I haven't seen you play all season. I haven't. Actually, I don't think I've seen a single Wolves game. But one of the things that I've that you know when I was when I was prepping for this, one of the things I noticed is that it's players who are marked down, at least marked down, and you, you may tell me that they've not been playing like this, but marked down as midfielders who were the ones who've been sticking the ball in the back of the net. Both Edwards and and, and Costa have got you know have got seven seven apiece for Wolves in the in the league, and you know that that it's it's intriguing to me that you know that they're as I say they're they're both sort of at least on paper midfielders, not forwards. Is that because you tend to have sort of a bit of a muscular presence up front and and encourage the midfielders to join in? Uh, yeah, I mean you're not you're not wrong in the slightest. I think we went from the end of August up until um, sort of a week before last, uh, before before we had a strike score. So it's uh, it's something that's probably the biggest hindrance that Wolves uh, our strikers aren't scoring. Um, 
whether that's in Bodvarsson, who's a bit stronger, or Dicko, who's sort of a bit more pace. But goals of either of these they've been coming from Costa out wide, out wide, who plays, you say, right midfield, right winger sort of position, or Edwards, who is very much a attacking midfielder who's getting on the end of crosses. Um yeah, so I mean that's sort I mean, of where... they're, they're two really solid returns for players playing in that position. To actually have seven at this stage of the season suggests they could both be breaking double figures. And you know, I think that it's a bit of a football cliche, but we'd all take we we, we all, I think every everyone at any level of the game is taking is wants double figures from the midfielders. So it's you know it's an impressive return from those two, if not from the centre forwards. What what are they good at? Um, I mean, Costas, uh, he's he's not a championship level player. He he deserves and needs to be playing in a higher division. It's 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 a bit almost ridiculous that he's um, having to play his trade in the second tier at this point. Because um, every time he sort of gets on the ball and he gets an eye at goal, it seems like it's going to end up in the back of the net. Um, right. He's, he's he's very one. It feels like he's almost very one-footed. But as soon as that happens, he's had goals this season when people have shown him onto his left, and he's just put it back onto his right and uh, knocked it in the back of the net. Edwards is. He's our, he's our James Milner. He's the most dependable player on a football pitch. He's not necessarily the most glamorous player on a, on a football field, but he'll work his socks off for the team. And he's just got one of those knacks of getting into positions at the right time. And it, and as he lacks the technical skills of some of our other players, but if he can get into a positions on on a match day, and you know he can get a goal, then more more for it. Today we've got two players who aren't playing as far forward as um, others on the pitch, and then nearing on, you know, it, by averages, they should be sort of getting sort of 14, 15 goals by the end of the season, which it's just a shame we can't have sort of another, one more player who's sort of up there in terms yeah. of goals. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, a centre forward. If you had, a, if you've got two goal scoring midfielders like that, and you had a centre forward who's who's get who's scoring at just a slightly quicker rate, then right now you've got, you know, you're sitting you're sitting there with sort of forty five to fifty goals, and that's you know that's pretty that's pretty high in comparison to the rest of the division. You probably find yourself sort of seven, eight, nine, ten it's, places higher. Yeah, I mean, it's the difference between drawing games and winning games. It's and a, that, it's, that's, yeah. Yeah, really. it's, it's Chris Wood I mean you know we, we've talked in a previous thing about how good a job Gary Monk's done at Leeds and what, but one of the ways in which he's done a great job is he's got everything that everyone always thought was in Chris Wood out of Chris Wood and mm-hmm. you know I think if, sometimes it, they're looking for that that sort of thing since since Lambert's been in is the you know is the, is the style of play what you're used to seeing from a Lambert side you said before that they looked a bit more organised you know we, I've seen uh, Aston Villa and Norwich sides come to Anfield under Paul Lambert and you know he's, it's quite regimented it's all a bit 4 2 3 one is that is that how, how he's got you lined up yeah i mean we're, we are lined up four two three one and it's, it's what we essentially played under jacket for the last three seasons and it it works under jacket for a large degree and it suits a lot of our players within the club um we looked incredibly shaky defensively and we looked disorganized as a back four and a defense and as an overall defensive unit and we now look like we're a bit more set and we look like we're settled in the, in terms of working as a team defensively now and that credit's got to go to Lambert because it has changed since he's got here. 
Okay, so let me put you on the spot. I mean, well, there's one one more question really, and on Lambert in terms of that is, do you think he's likely to? Is, is the Wolves' outlook towards the FA Cup? I know a few Championship sides are playing slightly weaker teams for the FA Cup. Is or do you think that at this stage it's Anfield, Liverpool are having a bit of a wobble? Lambert himself is a manager who wants to obviously manage the, the, in the big time and so far as he can. Are you expecting Wolves just to put the strongest possible eleven out and not not mess about? It's a tough one. Um, I mean, we didn't play our full-strength team again. Yeah. So, which, in hindsight, is even more impressive. We, I, I can't put that down to it was just off the back of the Christmas period. We played four days previously. We played a lot of games over Christmas, and we didn't do, have a lot of rotation there. Now, we've had a week between our last game. Um, and we've, had, we've had a full rest. Liverpool will almost certainly put out at least a second-string team, if not the under-23 squad. I, I can see him sort of, you know, I, I don't see us putting out a weakened team. I think there'll be a little bit of rotation, chiefly because we lost our, lost the weekend. Um, and there might be a few players who kind of uh, come out at, off the back of that. But I think, we'll, I do think we'll try and go for it. OK, do you want to give me a prediction? Oh, um, I'm going to go one all. I know Liverpool have got a pretty uh, up until uh, up until yesterday. Of course, they got a pretty handy home record over the past year. So I, I struggled to see us actually winning out the game outright. But I don't. Know, I think we've kind of got something about us at the moment that might see us through to sort of having a replay. Okay, uh, from the Wolves fan cast, uh, that's uh, Richard Hobbs. Uh, let's find out what everyone else thinks. That was the Burnaker ladies one week. Uh, Gareth Roberts, what's your position on Gina Miller? That's a joke. Um, <laughs> Liverpool are coming up against Wolves this weekend. Neil, uh, did Joel, you know? Did you know? Paul Lambert's got a great record. I was about Paul. to say, <laughs> Paul Lambert has a great record. Gareth Roberts against Liverpool. He, he does actually have a really good record. Manager talked him up today. Obviously, they spent some time together at Brushier Dortmund. He's a bit of a Brushier Dortmund legend. Mm-hmm. If we're all honest, Lambo. Uh, and he's he's finding himself coming to Anfield this weekend, and he'll be saying to his side, "Listen." You've got a chance of getting something out of this, lads. Don't be afraid of anything. Absolutely. Um, they knocked Stoke out last round. Um, they, they performed pretty well on the day there. Scored two decent goals. Um, and yeah, it, it won't be easy. It won't be. I mean, and Stoke had a decent side, though, by the way. Oh, strong team. Yeah, the, you know. It, it, the uh, <laughs> So I expect it to be really difficult for Liverpool. Um, and, and if Liverpool, you know, if Liverpool give them an inch, they'll win. Uh, let's be honest. You know, and I, I think that's the mindset that they need to go into, into it and play that way. I mean... Andy mentioned this before about us always making the same points but it does feel like we've been watching the same football match over and over again lately and to me we've made, we've made too many steadyish starts we, we've wanted to find a rhythm do you know what I mean we, we, we're knocking it round in front of them and it's I don't think that's what's needed I, I, I feel with this side but it's the only I, way we played all season I mean it's not the only real exception I'd say where you've gone you know what they've gone at them there They've got. They've been in t- so intense there early. Was Chelsea away? I think you know. Yeah. Apart from that, it's difficult for me but to point not... one out and go. That's where they've gone right bang into these. Yeah, but I, I just think they're quite fragile at the moment. And I think when the, the more and more time that you get on the clock, the more and more nervous they get, and the more and more they're not playing the way they want to play. So what I'm saying is, if you get one or two up, we can all relax a little bit. You know what I mean? If we don't, then the time when everyone starts panicking is going to get less and less. I thought I thought the crowd was good, by the way, against Southampton. It's not being mentioned much, but it was poor against Swansea. I thought it was a lot better against Southampton, and it was quite patient. I remember looking at the clock and thinking, 
for 35 in you, you, you and I have managed to have completely different experience like the complete opposite I thought it was dead anxious and I thought the crowd, and I thought, I, that's, this is a separate conversation it's yeah. good in the cop I'm halfway down I'm on the halfway line lower yeah. centenary I'm not, firstly it's not good around me and secondly how it's good on the cop is not transmitting Joel same with me yeah I was in the low centenary towards the cop on Wednesday night so I'm in between you um, but yeah I thought up until half time it was fine but second half it got really really Sense. having kittens yeah Everyone was having kittens around me, and like even myself. But like I wasn't one that was shouting for the for the record. But and, and and tomorrow, that's what we need. We need the patience. We need not to get anxious. And that's where I think if any if any game over the past month has needed an early goal, it's tomorrow's. Because if we don't if we get to half time nil nil or God forbid we're one nil down, then you know it's going to be chaos got, again. Got a breaking news for you. Neil. Go on. Breaking Liverpool Football Club news. Go on. Cameron Brannigan's joining Fleetwood Town on loan until the end of the season. I hope he has a good time. Go on, all the best to him. Okay. <clears throat> Andy, the Brannigan news. Okay, the Brannigan news. No, no, news. go on. Right. Go back, no. back to the Wolves game. Brexit. <laughs> back to the Wolves game. Uh, yeah. Okay, so do you think we struggle as much as we have done if we have a big game in amongst these games that we presume that we win? Because I think that's been a problem with the crowd as much as it has been with the team. In so much as, especially against ones that you turn up, you're expecting to win. With the greatest will in the world. And I know we all say, oh, well, it's not like that. And you've got to get up for it. Garrett's spoken excellently about it. You've spoken excellently about it. About sitting in the crowd, trying to get something going. And, and it's just not... Sti- you like you're a bit weird. Yeah. yeah. And, and the timing of the kickoffs as well. The two of them have been early, which is always a weird one. And this one's early. This and this one's early, early again. And it's just this expectation that if we've got to turn up and win. And then you get into kind of this rut, both on the pitch and in the stands. And I just think if we would have had a big game the last night with Chelsea Tuesday. If United home, if, if, if United away, be United if, home. If, if it's Chelsea tomorrow at half twelve, the atmosphere is a lot better. Mm. Mm. I thought it was interesting this week. We did um we did a podcast on on tour player, which you should all subscribe to, obviously. With We've had a great week on it. Haven't we, we have, yeah. That's uh, been a fabulous week, yeah. We 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 did a we did a show with Stephen Warner, who, who obviously is still a professional footballer. And we spoke to him about early kickoffs. And it's interesting about, you know, we talk as fans about how it disrupts your your match day pattern and when you can go for a pint and when you can meet your mates and all that sort of thing and maybe you're a little bit tired from your Friday night and all that kind of thing. And and Stephen said, you know, well, well, think about the, for the players as well. It disrupts our lives. He said, you know, players have children. They might not get a decent kip. He said, he, he personally said he always goes into a hotel, leaves, leaves his wife and his kids, goes into a hotel, make sure he gets the kip. He said, but... It's things like, you know, when are you having your pre-match meal then? Yeah. Where, where, you know, when are you taking water on board? Where, where, all your preparations are, are ruined to an extent by it being that early kickoff. So that, the sort of, the general view about early kickoffs, about that the atmosphere is a little bit poor, about that it can't, you don't always see the intensity on the pitch. I think, I think there's a, a lot of truth in all that. And also, um, just reference something that was said this week and what you mentioned earlier about slow start, Liverpool slow start. We had two very interesting conversations with Paco Esteban this week. And um, across both the shows, it was mentioned about how Liverpool started early in certain big games and whether it was just, you know, they just had to start early or what it took to, to do that. And what did he say? He said they had to, they, they planned for it. They worked for, on it. They worked they on to, it. We, we, we planned for it. Yeah, they worked on it. And that's my thing, Joel. That's why I don't think you are going to, I don't think Liverpool are planning for Because I think if Liverpool were planning to do big starts, then we're now, no, we're now we, 20. They, they worked on it. They worked on it. You said they yeah, worked on it. Yeah. And we're now 23, 24, 20, 22 league games into the season. We're 27 in all comps. I think if Liverpool were working on starting fast, we'd have seen it by now. If not, the manager, he looks very, very good at training footballers, isn't doing that bit very well. So I don't think we will necessarily see a big start. But I think that maybe if, even if the players themselves went, you know what, lads, if certain personalities are playing, if the captain's playing, and saying, right, let, come yeah. on, lads, first 10. 
I think, yeah, and I think that, that maybe perhaps that that might be required in certain games. Knowing in the, in the coming weeks, Chelsea would be the perfect one on Tuesday night, and then arguably Tottenham in a fortnight's time because these are the type of games that are going to potentially determine where we're going to finish in the table and whether we're going to still be in the title picture or whether we're just focusing on getting top four. So I think tomorrow. Um, it, it, it's so like you've like we've all said. It totally depends on who's starting. Like if you've got the likes of Sturridge in the league, you know maybe you've got a chance. But it, it just all it all depends on that first twenty and whether we can get a goal within that time frame. Okay, um, pick me a team, Andy. Okay, see this is what I want to mention. I go strong. I I will go strong, even though we've got a game on Tuesday because they need to build momentum. If he plays the kids and the kids win, I don't need to see any players carrying that in. So I, I go with a strong lineup. So I carry a single goal. I'd go and maybe go with Moreno because um, Milner's looked tired over the last couple of the de- last couple of games. Matip Lovren just to g- keep some time in the legs. Uh, Trent at right back or Klein. If he, if Klein's hundred percent, go with Klein because had a couple of weeks out, so we should have the two games in. The midfield, I'd go with the regular, but we win Naldo instead. The champ, and I would maybe Lallana might be out. Lallana, okay, yeah, fair by, enough. By the signs, with Lallana's out tomorrow. Well then, I'd play Lucas, Lucas, Wijnaldum, Henderson, midfield, and then the front three. Uh, I'd go f- well if Lalana's out then it's Coutinho for me no storage to start and then maybe Origi off the bench that's strong would you go that strong Gareth with one eye on Chelsea uh, I'd be putting Gomez in there I think um, at the back um, but I probably would go strong I, I, I'd, I'd, I'd love to flip it on its head and try and get it done and then sub off do it that way around yeah. in terms of minutes and, and everything else I mean another thing just to, to build on what, what Joel said quickly is that I don't think you see that much of a change either in what Liverpool do because he's only had one training session with them. Mm. Uh, we yeah. played on Wednesday. I, I guess they would have had the next day off as recovery um, and then train today and then the, the game's 12.30 tomorrow. So, you know, th- th- there's not loads you can sit down and change massively in that time. So, big onus on the players to work it out for themselves to an extent. I'd personally go with Stewart ahead of Henderson because if Henderson's heel's still bothering him, I'd, I'd perhaps Save throw Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a perfect chance for Stewart again to <clears> take an opportunity. But just one word on the um, Alexander-Arnold. I thought a lot his performance the other night has gone unnoticed quite a lot. I thought he was superb again. Didn't go unnoticed in my ratings? Of... I don't know there and read them <laughs> <laughs> Hey Joel don't worry now There's anyone else um, hey, They th- do not hate numbers They do the numbers Yeah Andy's ratings Actually get more, more reads Than my reviews So don't worry about that uh, Don't worry about that But yeah I, I think he did do alright But he got caught out A couple of times First half And I think that that's That's the sort of thing You remember When you look back on a game But then that's the instruction That Liverpool were pushing high And all that sort of stuff That's why he gets caught wrong I thought it's targeted them as well yeah, oh, oh, very well. Raymond, yeah. Raymond went that yeah. side quite deliberately during the game as it wore on. Would you go strong yeah. as a momentum builder, Neil? Uh, not particularly, no. no. Uh, I'd, I'd, I, I would, I, so for instance, I'd be playing Moreno, I'd be playing Alexander Arnold, I'd play Gomez, I'd play Carrier, so there's four of me back five on first choice. I'd probably, I'd play Stewart or Lucas at the base of the midfield, I wouldn't risk Henderson. I'd go with one of Channel Vinaldum, uh, and I'd actually give Woodburn a look uh, next to them because they've been doing that and playing Woodburn a little deeper. But where I would go strong, and this is part of the early start thing, is I'd play Sturridge, I'd play Origi, and I'd play one other, and that's probably. Shea Ojo that's what I'd do uh, prediction very very fast we're about to run out of time it's coming to half past 7 Joel a very nervy 2-1 very nervy 2-1 I'd take it Gareth Roberts 1-0 1-0 to Liverpool, to Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, I'd take that Andy Heaton 4-0 4-0 to Liverpool ok Andy Heaton I wouldn't have that one mate uh, this has been the Anfield Wrap this week it's on Radio City Talk hope you have a lovely time uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend up the Reds let's get this one done and then everything in the whole world is about Tuesday Sports Social Podcast Network